Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode. Oh. Well, it was two ten yesterday. It's two eleven today. Uh, it's a bonus podcast. Uh, I'm joined by Mr. Luke Hatfield. Luke, how are you doing? I'm not bad. I mean, two ten point five, maybe. Two ten. Well, maybe two ten point five. Uh, goodness gracious me! It's not often I'm lost for words, Luke. But, but. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think when I woke up this morning that Nuno Espirito Santo would have announced later on in that day that his last game will be against Manchester United on Sunday. He will no longer be the manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, he's set to, well, he, he is leaving. Um, I, I'm stunned. It's taken the footballing wor- world, well, in Wolverhampton terms, hmm. absolutely um, by surprise. The journalists didn't know. Um, I'm not too sure. Uh, whether the players knew, but this has come out the blue. Uh, signed a new three-year contract, you know, just just this this just this season, just gone. He's got two years left on his deal, and look, it's been a difficult season. But um, yeah, he's um, he's gone. He's gone after Sunday. Yeah, I mean, ten to two. I was I was work I was managing my workload pretty well. Started scheduling stories for the morning for our website, <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden. I mean, hell breaks loose. I don't. I, I, he did his pre-match presser. Well, he's, he, mate, he did the pre-match presser. I mean, I was off today. Oh, I was supposed to be playing cricket, mate, in Bradford. Uh, Liam's <laughs> off today. He's having a day out with the missus. Um, and uh, you know, so we've got someone covering the press conference. And and you know, I, I saw the press conference notes come in on email. The one o'clock Nuno press conference gets moved to twelve thirty. This happens sometimes. So you think, you know, well, no problem. They've gone half an hour earlier, and then. Normal press conference, a few interesting lines to come from it. Reading Express and Star tomorrow, and uh, but but no inclination whatsoever in that press conference. And I've watched it back that, that there was any kind of announcement imminent. And then bang, zoom, zoom finishes, and boom, uh, all hell breaks loose. Look, I mean, you know, when you you take a step back on first on the season, I guess you can see some things you know, about why this has happened, you know. He's been away from his family for a long time. He's looked tired this season. Uh, Mistakes have been made. Of course, not all his doing, but he has made mistakes this season. And the fans, the majority, and I think you can, I think the majority were always, are always behind him. They still are behind Nuno. And they would have welcomed him next season. But there was a growing uh, element of of a certain section that were not happy, and that's absolutely fine, and you can understand it. The, the the football they were playing, take away injuries or not, was not particularly easy on the eye, mm. and people were getting frustrated. They were getting frustrated with some of the the, the post match comments, uh, pre match comments as well that Nuno had said. And I think for the first time ever, Wolves weren't doing particularly well. They were losing games, and that's kind of new to this fan base from when. You know, since he took over, you know he's gone. He's won won the championship at the first time of asking. Back to back sevenths, European football, uh, quarter final of the European League. Only missed out on goal difference to build back to back European campaigns for this season. Um, so it's it's fine, it's fine, you know, and it's fine to disagree at times. I think, uh, but I think the the main the main emotion out there, Luke, is one of absolute surprise, shock, and sadness because he has been a magnificent manager for this football club. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you look at his track record at Wolves, and I think it's been—it's really, other than the season, it's been nothing but success. Mm. Which I think is where the surprise come from, uh, comes from. Sorry, I mean, went in a championship, had no experience of that, got them up, tra- championship title winners, cruised through that division, and then I mean, they hit the Premier League. Like, I mean, 
No one saw that come in. Seventh place finish, two times in a row. Europa League quarterfinals, losing to eventual winners in in Sevilla. I mean, there was so much success. And yes, this season, you know, there was a, there was a notable downturn, and you know, you can apportion some of that to injuries because they've missed so many key players: Johnny, Raúl Jiménez, of course, Pedro Neto recently. But like you said, that the football. I mean, as someone who doesn't cover balls very often, for me, it was at times it was a little bit of a almost a chore to watch and, mm. and you could see that he tried to evolve the side moving to four at the back it didn't quite work but you thought with maybe another summer of recruitment that, that might that might change you know bring in some players who could maybe work with that um, but for me I mean I, I haven't seen him seen him in the flesh too often this season of course but the one time I did see him was at Molyneux and it was that Albion game and admittedly it was not a good day but his demeanour it yeah. didn't strike me as someone who was and, and no one was enjoying you know, games without fans and, and it'll be great to see fans back in Molyneux this weekend regardless. But he did not seem like his usual self that day. And admittedly, it wasn't a good result, but maybe maybe the grind was getting to him a little bit and, and maybe he did think that his cycle was maybe coming to end because at the end of the day, he's left by mutual agreement. So it's not the club's decision, is it? Mm. It's not his decision. It's, it's one which has been made together. So maybe he did think he was coming to a bit of an end of a cycle. Oh, I mean, it's one that's been made together, but I'm sure Nuno you know, will have been the driving force. I'm, I'm sure behind that because you know I'd be very surprised if Fosner looked at this and said, especially with you know a global pandemic and, and no fans and, and and a list of injuries, and go you know with all the success he's had and gone, look, I think we need I think we need a mutual break here. It's mm. it's it's um it's something that uh, look. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what's around the corner. He's come out with a statement. I'm going to read briefly a little bit of it. Since the first day we arrived at Compton, our ambition was to make a positive change and push this football club forward. And I'm proud to say that we did that every single day. We achieved our goals. We did it with passion and we did it together. I couldn't agree more. And I think that's exactly what, what he's done. And he did it with passion. And I think maybe that passion subsided somewhat, Luke, with what you're saying, mm. especially this season. And you, know, you can, there are extenuating circumstances why that passion would not be there. But it wasn't the same. Nuno was going crazy, was jumping on the pitch, was celebrating with his players. You know, he did look tired. He did look, um, you know, slightly frustrated. And, you know, I think there was a moment on, on one of the games where, you know, he, he just never moved from the bench. He was just sat there. And he just wasn't the person that, we, that we've that we come to know and love. And, uh, you know... I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I am disappointed. These things happen, though. You know, it's football. And I guess... The, the the first thing that people were looking at is one okay he's gone now who's going to come in mm. and this is a massive appointment for Fos and this is a massive appointment for this football club because when Nuno came in it was kind of a, I'm not going to say an all time low because it wasn't League One level but you know they'd had a poor poor season they'd had two poor managers in you know in Zenga and, and Lambert and they really needed to make this appointment right and, and get this appointment right because otherwise people were going to be rebelling against Fos and they mm. did he's come in he's done brilliantly he's got them up for you know first chance and he's just taken them and taken them and the players have signed some of the football we have watched has been sensational not this season but in the past three seasons have been breathtaking and things will remember for a long long time to come uh but you know all th- all good things come to an end and uh and it's who 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 can take this club forward because the expectation is there now for this person to come in and you know 
that's maybe part of the problem. The expectation is up there that they want to be European contenders. And a person's got to come in, they've got to, the players have got to know him, they've got to change again, they've got to change system, they've got to change shape, different, you know, they've got to change whatever the manager wants from a, from a, from a, a theoretical point of view. So it's going to take some time. And recruitment as well. They would have identified managers, um, sorry, players this summer. And, mm. you know, that might have to change slightly because you would have thought that, you know, you'd want a new, man, a new manager's input into, into who you bring into the football club because the expectation, I'm sure, Luke, will be to get in and around those European positions next season. Yeah, you'd think so. And, and going back to the managerial appointments, they had two swings, two misses before. They, mm. they, they knocked this one out of the park with Nuno. Yeah. The question is, can they do that again? And it's interesting now for a lot of the players who are currently there as well because obviously some of them players have been around since the days of the Championship and... You know, the likes of Ruben Neves and other players like him, players like Jao Martino as well, who were signed, you know, under Nuno. Yeah. How is this going to affect them? Are they going yes. to are they going to look at it and say, okay, next man in? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Or are they going to say, well, Nuno's gone. Maybe is it is it time for me to maybe consider that? That's that's the questions you've got to ask now mm-hmm. because it's an interesting position they're in because they've had a down year, admittedly, like we said, you know, extenuating circumstances, this and that, but. You've got the likes of Adama Traore, who I know Nuno's come out and said he expects to sign a new contract, but obviously that's a little bit up in the air now. You'd have to say, uh, do do these players stick around? Is it going to be a whole? Is it going to be a rebuild? Not only you know managerially, but on the pitch as well. I suppose that's the question you've got to ask because mm-hmm. you know fans, rightly or wrongly, will expect you know those those seven play finish, finishes again. You know that kind of position, and they'll look around and they'll see you know teams around them. Who are who are who are pushing on, and they'll want to do the same. The question is, are Fosun willing to to kind of push the boat out and get a big name in and 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 put some cash, you know, down to 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 get players and to get them at the level that the fans are maybe expecting. Yeah, and it's interesting to see what you know what avenue they go down. Bruno Lager, the, the former Benfica manager, is 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 hot favourite really with the bookmakers at four to nine. Uh, but you've got likes of Rafa Benitez in there, who's been there and done it. Uh, he's he's around eight to one. Uh, Paulo Fonseca, uh, Andro Vias Boas, uh, Lopetegui, Roberto Martinez. Of course, Lopetegui was a target, you know, a while ago. Now Eddie mm. Howe, Sean Dyche. I mean, it's it's there's it's a it's a long list of candidates. Can you see them going in? A, a similar Nuno route. I mean, Nuno was actually more experienced than someone like Lager, but at the same time, you know, that's that's the Portuguese element. If you are looking at these kind of players, like your, you know, your Patricios and your, you know, your, your Neveses and and and, um, and Pedro Neto, and you want to keep them and, and and have that Portuguese contingent in them, is that the easiest way for them to 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 keep them happy by bringing in uh, someone from their, you know, in their native tongue? I think so. I mean, it's such a mixed bag of names. When yes, it is, yeah. You, I, mean, I want to go further Scott, down and have a look. Scott Parker. Scott Parker's on there. That is, I mean, no disrespect to Scott, but I mean, that is... No you, disrespect you, to Scott, but you're going to disrespect him. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a backwards step, isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, Wolves announced Scott Parker. Luke Hatfield <laughs> could be in the first press conference. Nathan Tudor off on holiday. Oh dear, that'll be, that'll be a, a little bit tasty, wouldn't it? But... It is a real mixed bag. Mm. I do. Th- I do think they'll they'll do what they always do, Foson and Wolves, and they will lean on George Mendes here. I'm sure of it. They will look. They will look at him and um and they'll say, look, who who can we bring in that you mm. think might you know suit some of these players? And obviously, you know the likes of, of Ruben Neves and Traore and Pedro Neto, despite being injured, these are these are players who can produce, and they'll want someone who can get the best out of those players. They won't want someone who's gonna 
come in and, and, and maybe not necessarily not know them because any manager will do their due diligence on a squad, but maybe see them as not as in, not as crucial as, as say Nuno would. And the likes of Rafa Benitez is really interesting because I think he'd do a fantastic job, but is 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 he is he is he a man who would be willing to go to Wolves and is he a man that Wolves would be willing to go out for and get? Yeah. You know, mm. that's that's a question. The the Bruno Lage stuff does make sense to me because I mean, he, he is a George Mendes client, isn't he? Yeah. And, and it just adds up. But of course, you'll never know, you know, immediately after an announcement. I'm sure Wolves maybe, I mean, it's, this may have happened very quickly. We don't know that. The press conference moving is a very interesting point because it does make you think, has there been talks, you know, immediately after this press conference, especially the way he kind of carried it out, where he seemed, you know, normal, jovial, as you would. Um so it's an interesting one. Wolves obviously speak to people. They'll 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 search around and they'll try and find the right man for the job. But it, it might be I, I don't know about you, but it, it might be a while until we see that appointment made. Yeah, I mean it could be, and you know, with the Euros around the corner as well, it's uh, it, it would be interesting. I would agree with you, Luca. I think they might go for someone in a similar way to to what what they did to approach for Nuno. I think they'd want some someone similar. I'm not sure whether they, it's. Whether a huge, huge name who's been around about, you know, is someone that they'd want to get in charge. Mm. They want someone who's fresh. They want someone who's hungry. I think um, to deliver success. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a really interesting one uh, going forward. On the on the flip side, uh, and people, well, a couple of things. First of all, you you mentioned George Mendes there and, and him being a you know Lager being a, a George Mendes client. There's a few people I've seen saying, well, the Mendes links are over. Mendes links aren't over just because Nuno Espirito Santo has <laughs> left. You know, I mean, um, Foden have got have got a staking guest if you. You know, there's there's um, there's, there's pl- new, you know, I'm sure George Mendes, like you say, will have an integral part in finding this next uh, this next manager. From Wolves' point of view, do you feel that they need to appoint someone sooner rather than later, though? Well, because they've got a, yeah. they've got a lot of questions marks and they've got a lot of decisions to make from a player point of view before they've even thought about you know the manager now that's obviously got to be the number one priority. Yeah, you'd think so because in the summer, like obviously the the season ends and everyone thinks that you know everyone takes a certain period of time off and you know it is true to a point, but I mean you've still got things to plan for. You've got not only preseason training but you've got recruitment to plan for as well. The longer you leave. This kind of decision, which is a massive one, absolutely huge, the less time they have to kind of integrate their ways. And you saw with Nuno when he came in, he had a preseason and he, he he worked on a system which then obviously paid dividends. If if you take too long in doing that and you don't have a full preseason, you don't necessarily have time to recruit players that you want to. It can make that first season a struggle, and yeah. that's the last thing you want, especially after a season like Wolves have had where. Say they're struggling for the first couple of months because a new guy's come in and he's trying to integrate a new system, maybe or a certain style of play, and it's not quite working out. You can quickly find yourself lower down, and, and the pressure builds pretty quick. Then you know in the Premier League, and, and mm. Fosun won't want to see this this club struggling in, a, in any kind of relegation scrap. Um, so it's important that they bring someone in early, and then, like you said, you've got the Euros that make a bit more of a, a mess of that as well because you've got people all about. Um. We've got a, we've got a, a poll going on on the Express and Star site as we speak. Who, who do you think who the fans want? I haven't seen the poll yet because it's been non-stop. But what are what are the, what are the peeps saying from um, from a manager point of view? Who do, who would they like to see in charge? 
Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'm, put, I'm putting you on the spot. Load load this, this um, <laughs> you, you can tell you can tell by this podcast that it's not it's not particularly scheduled. Uh, there's no notes in front of me as well. But who who do you think, Luke? Who have you got on there? Uh, well, leading currently is Rafa Benitez. Really? Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, he's, he's got a, he's got a, a more of a majority of the vote. Thirty three percent of fans calling for him. Bruno Large is second at twenty two percent. And then out of all the other options, you've got Eddie Howe, Frank Lampard, Scott Parker, Sergio Conceicao. Pedro Martins and Ruben Amarim. Uh, the third person is somebody else, which doesn't right. doesn't Excuse. say a lot about that list. Oh, it's a good um, player, somebody, mate. Somebody had a really good playing career, and uh, and, he, and he's nailed it. He's, he's won quite a few trophies, to be fair to him. I think he could be the, the guy to bring in. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's just the likes of Eddie Howe and Scott Parker. They don't inspire confidence, considering what they've recently done, do they? Because Eddie Howe went down with Bournemouth. Scott Parker went down with Fulham. Um, mm-hmm. Frank Lampard didn't really cut it. I mean, at Derby, a, a lot of people give him real credit for that Derby side. I was, I wasn't in that kind of boat because, I mean, that Derby side finished sixth the season before. He brought in two low knees in Fakayo, um Tamori and Mason Mount, and yeah. they finished sixth again. Yeah, I don't think it was as big a success as people were saying it was. And obviously, that people look at Derby now and say, "Look what's happened." But I'm not so sure about that. And then obviously at Chelsea, good, good first season, admittedly fourth in the Premier League. Um, but didn't work out this season, and then we've seen Thomas Tuchel really kind of push them on, which doesn't say a lot for Frank Lampard, does it? Um, and then a lot of those other names, like Sergio Canseco and, and Pedro Martins, and uh, those kind of managers, not many people know about them because they've never been in the Premier League or they've never been in the limelight here in England. So it's it's as, an interesting as, as one. I guess as I guess not many people knew about Nuno really, did they? Before no. he came, so um, it'd be interesting if they go down similar lines. Oh, just just before before we. Um, before we bring our special guest on, um, of course the um, the main links from Nuno, and this is an easy one to make, but no Spurs manager. He's now four to six, massive favourite to be the new Spurs boss. You know, there's talks going out there, and there's a few reports saying that it's got nothing to do with it, and that there's no nothing imminent. Could you see him at White Hart Lane next season? It's not called White Hart Lane now, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. You know, re- replacing the uh, uh, Mr. Mourinho. I mean, could I see him there? It's not. It's not out of the realms of possibility, is it? Because he is a manager who's impressed at Premier League level before this season. So Spurs might look at him and say, maybe that's to really mm-hmm. go down. But the issue I've got is maybe they're looking for a little bit more of a big hitter. And this, this, the statement which Daniel Levy's come out with, saying that he wants to kind of go back to the Pochettino way, where it's more attacking, fluid football. That doesn't necessarily make me think Nuno, particularly this season, because we saw Wolves as a really great counter-attack inside. But it's very different when you're you, you've got the majority of the possession, like Spurs will hope they do. Um, and of course, there's loads of issues there with with players hanging around. Harry Kane looks like he's going to be off in the summer. That they'll they'll need a manager who, or they'll probably want a manager who's really close to that top tier. And I think Nuno's obviously a good manager. Is he is he an elite manager? That's a question. Spurs might be looking elsewhere for that elite name. We shall see, mate. We shall see. Uh, bringing uh, bringing in Stu Hall, uh, who's who's online now. Uh, one of one of the, one of the super fans uh, from the fancast. Stu, thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, Stu, we, we've had um, we've had you on. You've done quite a few videos this season as well for us. Uh, look, I mean, you've been quite outspoken and quite vocal about some of the some of the. The, I guess the style of play and what we've seen on the pitch this season, which I think you've got every right to do. What are your thoughts and and what do you think from a fan's point of view? The actual, um, you know, reaction has been to to Nuno leaving. 
Um, shock more than anything else. I, I didn't see it coming, to be honest. I know, I know I've been one of the ones amongst a lot. No, I'll say a lot. There's quite a few of us on the in the Twitter sphere, mm. if you want to put it that way, who've kind of questioned things. And I mean, for me, it started. If you remember back to the Sheffield United defeat last season in July. Yeah. And when things just didn't seem right, for, there was just something off. And I mean, um, one of the guys, Jordan, had a proper rant that night on something's seriously wrong here, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense. And for me, that's when it started, all the way back then. And I mean, this morning, to put it into context, this morning I was on WM with Daz Hale talking about Eurovision tomorrow. And I like, then no, this it's, 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 it's absolutely caught cool. everyone. Uh, you know, like I, I said uh, just, just prior to this, you know, journalists, fans, uh, I think players as well, I think everyone is absolutely stunned at the timing of it. Uh, no one saw it coming. And it's, it's very rare these days that, that uh, there are no leaks. Um, and um, but do you think it's the right decision? Do you think that it's a good timing for Wolverhampton Wanderers? I think it's a good timing for everyone, to be honest. Okay. Um, I mean, we're in January after the um, after we fell apart against Brighton, and I had a bit of a meltdown and got slagged off, and I mean, and yet rightly so, because of everything that he achieved and whatever. But the, something's just not been right for a long time and if you take the sentiment away from it of what he's achieved before that if that had been a season on its own everyone would have been calling for his head at the, uh, because it, it just wasn't good enough and I think it's it's weird with these things because McCarthy was sacked too late um, Kenny Jackett was un, it probably stayed a bit too long as well and mm-hmm. these kind of things it's rare to have a natural break period if you see what I mean, like, like Roy Hodgson at um, Palace, yeah, he, he's kind of left with the fans' blessing and the board's blessing, and everything's all very amicable. But and I thought that was the nice thing to do, especially for him in his situation. Mm. But then I never in a million years thought this would happen here. But to be fair, I fully support it because, from my point of view, it's it's let's put it out there: there's ten of us in the fan cast group, and there's only two of us who been on this this train there are a lot of them are devastated today and i can see why i mean I, I don't hate the guy obviously because of what he's achieved it's just the case of removing my from my point of view it's removing myself the emotion of how nice a guy and what a wonderful man he is and what he's done for us to where we actually are in the moment and for me it was only going to get worse it had just gone stale um and now he leaves with everyone's blessing and he's going to get a hero's welcome if he ever comes back. The um, do you think? I mean, you could look at it, you know, saying that saying that it is a fresh start and he needs a fresh start and he needs he needs to just you know move away, take stock, and, and have a new challenge. Do you feel that um, maybe he might have had a look at the situation, looked at okay, I might not get the money that I want here for next season. Uh, it's pretty. We need to sign three, four, five players. We've got a few loanees. We need to make some decisions on. You know, I've got I've got my main right winger who hasn't signed on on the dotted line yet. You've got my best player who's out with a broken kneecap who might be you know eight nine months and and might not we might not see until until November December. We don't know how my main striker is going to be when he comes back. Um, the fans are coming back. Everyone's a little bit frustrated. If if I have a bad run, if we have a bad start to the season, we've got some bad fixtures. Uh, that stock could be uh, could nosedive pretty quickly, and it's a quite a good time actually for him to step step aside. Yeah, um, I think it's similar to Hassan Hootle at Southampton as well, where his his stocks dropped massively in the space of six to twelve months compared to where it was. Um, 
but I mean, in a way, it's a bit like when I know it's comparing different things, but when Ferguson left United and whoever took over next was always on a hiding to nothing, but that that team needed rebuilding, and he left at the right time for him. They didn't rebuild, and they still haven't got back to where they were, have they? So, I think from his, from his point of view, I think he's just had enough. I think this year's just. You could see it in his face. I mean, he looks mm. he looks about mm. fifteen years older mm. <laughs> in the space of fifteen months, and that beard, that beard's definitely got greyer. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, ain't we all? But um, <laughs> we haven't all got the uh, the lotions that you have. <laughs> but um, so- yeah, I think I think personally that it's you want to see it from whichever way you see it from from the point of view that he hasn't got money to spend or. Did they not trust him with the money to spend after what mm. happened last summer? And it all goes down to who do you really hold accountable? He, he, does Nuno have the final say? And if so, the last two, three transfer windows have been a complete shambles if it was down to him. So from the other point of view, would you, as Fosun, would you then trust a man who's failed in 18 months worth of trans- three transfer windows to try and rectify a situation of a squad that needs six players if we've been realistic to kind of get back to where we were yeah. sorry to jump in mate sorry to yeah, jump I was in say, I, was I was just going to say go on. I was just going to say Stu I was curious because I I know there's a, a really mixed fan base with Wolves some some people wanted Nuno to go some wanted him to stick around I was curious do you think because you said the football got stale how do you reckon Wolves would have done with the players that, that if everyone was fit for example so you had Raul Jimenez for the whole season because we've seen, and Johnny as well, so to speak, because we've seen other clubs, I know they're only down the road, but Villa without Grealish really struggled. How do you think Wolves would have done this season if they'd have had a fit round Jimenez for the entire year? I think we'd probably be about ninth or 10th, to be honest, Luke. I mean, that's why I'm saying that, from, I mean, this is person, this is me, this is not representing the fan cast or, or Wolves fans as a whole, this is just mm. me. And from that Sheffield United game, and then throwing the game against Arsenal last season as well, Things just seemed to start being strange. It's it's really hard to describe it because you you see the usual th- cliches of oh he's lost the dressing room and all this kind mm-hmm. of thing, and th- there was performances there that looked like that, and that's with just take Johnny out of it because Johnny wasn't there. But the the nine games before Raul got clattered, we weren't playing great then. Yeah, you know, we were getting results, but the performances other than the twenty minute twenty minutes against Sheffield United, who ultimately Look where they are now. Yeah. Um, that was probably the best football we played in the first 20 minutes against a team who finished rock bottom. So it wasn't so much the fact that the injuries, and everyone has injuries, and the small squad thing, which has always been, we've got away with it for a long time. And yeah, condensed seasons probably heightened the fact that muscle injuries are going to happen and they have across the board. But for me, it wasn't just that because we've had more than enough. There's still the squad, the capability of the squad is still there. Hmm. The players that have played are more than capable of playing better than they have. And when they went on international duties, we saw them, they they were just, it was almost like they were free from the shackles. And I know it's it's kind of harsh to say that, but that's how it seemed. It seemed like when they went away from playing Nuno ball and being in the regimented lines and doing exactly what they were told and not being able to express themselves, they seemed free. And every single one of them who went on international duty seemed to play better for their country than Wolves. And... I mean, it happens to pretty much everyone, doesn't it? At the end of the day, everyone, everyone football, cyclical, football works in cycles, and mm. it just seemed 
a natural end to me, and I could I couldn't see it getting any better. Mm. But boys, what, what you know, and, and Luca and, and Stu, both of you, you know, like. Um, what Nuno has done at this football club has been pretty sensational for the three three out of the four seasons. I think it's been magnificent, and I think everyone will always have, you know, some of their greatest memories, whether whether you're 60 years old or 15 years old, and will you know some of the top two two or three moments. I'm sure as a Wolves fan, uh, will be you know under the Nuno era. Um, what what there is now, what he has um, because of his success, I would have thought. Um, made is expectation now in this fan base. So the person who comes in next, that's a very difficult appointment to make because you're not, you know, they're not coming in at the start of a championship season to try and go you up. You know, you've got a lot of lot of a lot of mountains to climb, but they're they're very much they're very well small hills. I say now you've got the expectation of what do you want to see as a fan? Do you want to see them? Is the target next season European football? Or is it just to recruit and get a good squad together? Is it playing better football? Is it all of the above? Oh, um, at this moment in time, uh, the twenty first of May, where we're at, I think if you're ask, if you're saying that we have to get European football, I think you're having a bit of a laugh, to be honest, because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're asking for root and branch upheaval. I mean, the whole backroom staff's going to leave. Yeah. So that, that's the thing. It's not just a manager. You're looking at the entire, I mean, what is it, about 15, 20 people there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're looking at a complete rebuild from top to bottom with squad redevelopments as well. Yeah. So, I mean, if we get top half next season playing a, a better style of football, and I know I heard before I came on about people wanting Rafa Benitez and, I wouldn't say no because it's the whole it's negative football but it's not really he plays with what he has to work with mm. um, but Conceição for me was I mentioned him in September um, on the on the other, on the fan cast I'm going to plug it as much as possible where I'm here um, <laughs> watching him the few games for Porto that I have done that would suit Wolves and Wolves fans down to the ground 4-4-2 wingers nice passing movers nice triangles effective football that's not overly passy-passy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that would be perfect. I mean, so if you offered me now top 10 next season, I'd bite your end off, because if, put it this way, if Nuno had stayed, I could have seen us being in serious trouble, because I, I couldn't see a way out of it. And that's not that would have been terrible to see, because of, like you said, what he has had done in the first three years. It's, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, I, I would... I'm on. The, I, I can understand that, and there's been there's been issues, and I think there's been frustrations this season. At the same time, I would have liked to see him, hopefully, and maybe this is part of it, get the backing in the summer, for him to to really give next season a good go and get some of those players out. But those players aren't going to come back straight away, are they? So it is. It's always going to be. It's going to be a difficult first six months. Stu, could you see a situation where you'd be, fans could be quite happy if Wolves finish? Let's say they beat Man United and finish twelfth this season. That they finish twelfth again. But with a rebuild and things looking better for the following season, I think now that the situation we're in at the minute, um, as long as it's not, as long as we're not boring our way to twelfth next season, as long as there's actual evidence of, I know we've talked, I mean they, they talk about it non-stop on Sky and BT, don't they, every week about Nuno wanted a change of system and all this kind of stuff and the evolution of the squad and it just never worked and the transition. That's what we have now. So mm-hmm. the expectations for next season are a transitional season for me. So well, as long as we're not in danger, I think realistically we're going to be a mid-table side unless something miraculous happens. But at this moment in time, 
I just want to see better football and not be bored every week. It's it's um it's a difficult one, and look, it's going to take time for to sink in. Um, what's your favourite memory? Would you say under under Nuno, Stu? Before you go, oh, because um, that's been a lot. There's been there's been some there's been some incredible moments. Yeah, I think I've probably lost. I mean, when I lost my voice for six months because of Derby away, that was fun. Um, <laughs> um there's the Derby at home game with the, the, the Neves goal and. The, Man, the obviously the Man United game and the um, the cup run up until the semi well up until the last ten minutes of the semi final. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah, there's there's been so many to say. I mean, I, one of the main ones was winning winning promotion and with my son being there with me. Yeah. Because uh, when I'd never, I mean, I was was like eighteen, nineteen at the playoff final, so I never got that kind of thing with my mom where I was a kid. I mean, I'd had quite a few Caffrey's at that time, but I, I, so. Seeing his little face, so excited about actually seeing a trophy lift at Molyneux, which we'd seen it in League One, but it was not, obviously not the same. Um, I mean, I've got the, two, the Mr. Spears books here, then the two story of the seasons, and them two seasons were just as as a collective, just incredible. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. nothing, nothing will ever come unless we're going on a European journey and we actually win the thing. Nothing's ever going to come close to them two years for me, mm-hmm. and I'm. I'm so proud to say that I was there for, well, I mean, every game, home and away, and nothing will ever take that away from Nuno. Yeah, it, it didn't really end badly because we he left us in the mid-table in the Premier League from being mid-table in the Championship and took us on a European journey to the quarter-final, which you're looking at, if you'd have said that five years ago, you'd be playing FIFA or Football Manager, wouldn't you? Yeah. So I think, as a, I'm not going to pick one or two because there's too many, just... It's one or two years, and them two years were incredible. Luke, for you, uh, any any memories that stick uh, stick in your mind? Yeah, I think I think you know everyone looks at, at that FA Cup game, the the the, um, the United game, sorry, um, mm-hmm. and the noise when Diogo Jota scored. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, even for me, I'm not a Wolves fan, but it was a, it was a special moment. You could tell it was a really special moment as well. Um, and then, yeah, like Stu said, that European journey. I mean. As I said before, you only lost to the eventual winners in Sevilla. I mean, that was there were some really good days um, for fans and and for the club as a whole. And and it may well have ended, you know, a little bit differently if if coronavirus pandemic hadn't come around. And yeah, there were some special times under Nuno. I think the important thing that fans could probably look back to as well is. It, he wasn't. He wasn't just a football manager for the club. He, mm. The amount of work he did in the community as well, which often gets um, sometimes forgotten about because it doesn't happen on a pitch in front of a crowd. It's little things where he's, he's donating his own money to help um, the area, pack, and yeah. that's something that fans may not notice as, as much at the time. But they'll look back on it and realise that he was actually, you know, he was. He wasn't just helping the football club. He was helping the area, and. That's something that's 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 needed more and more in football nowadays. When you see stuff like European Super League mentioned, because there aren't as many people who are willing to do that kind of thing. Um, and he, the fact that he went out there and did that as well, you can you can tell he he, he made a home in Wolverhampton. And although things may may not have been as good as they they had been toward the end, I think like Stu said, he's he's left at a time where he's not he's no one's. No one hates him. No one was. No one was against Nuno. Really, um, there might have been people saying his time might be up, but there was no one who, you know, he never really got completely called out. And admittedly, there were no fans in grounds this season, so we don't know what would have happened in terms of atmosphere and stuff like that. 
but he never he never had to experience that which a lot of other managers do have to go through yeah that's very well put um i think my my favorite memories really are the, the passion the passionate memories you know uh cardiff and then the, you know that that crazy game and then there's you know warnock and him on the pitch uh, and it was the passion i think you know the middlesbrough game even uh, which was a conflicting game for me and Sice on the on the pitch at full time and and him coming and rugging you know just jumping on him um funny one for me uh at the start of that Europa League journey we're at Crusaders uh and not you know which is not particularly glamorous uh, in Northern mm. Ireland and we we're, we're waiting for I think Tim at the time who was uh, covering for us was down doing some of the players and I was doing Nuno and we're literally in this tiny classroom and when I say tiny there's about 10 of us in this uh one desk, a plastic chair for Nuno, and uh, he walks in, and you think, oh god, I mean, he's going to look at one look at this place, and he's just going to walk back out again, and he's going to be a little bit meh, he's going to be a little bit just get on with it, and he walks in, and he goes, come on, come on, come on, hmm. Europa, Europa, and just you know, just moments like that, you know, with a big smile on his face, a big grin, and generally looked, you know, looked excited at the prospect and was proud. And I think that he's a, he's a proud guy. And I think everybody and every fan should be proud of, of what he's achieved at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, thanks, guys. Thank you very much for coming on. And it's a short one, obviously, but I felt we needed to do something um, just to talk about, you know, this, this crazy, crazy news. Nuno Espirito Santo uh, is to leave Wolves at the end of this season. Um, and his final game will be in front of some fans at Molyneux on Sunday against Manchester United. Thank you very much for the memories, Nuno.